Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. It is a Tuesday, 10-11 our time, Bruce Siski Show, 610-103.9 KDAL, 26th day of September 2023. Uh, coming up in about 25 minutes, we'll chat with the head football coach at UMD, Kurt Weezy, 4-0, 19th ranked Bulldogs, host homecoming at Miloski Stadium, noon Saturday here on KDAL against Winona State. We'll talk about the Southwest win, preview Winona a little bit. Joining us now as we embark on the start of the 2023-24 men's hockey season, Bulldogs open next Saturday at home against Michigan Tech. Joining us, head coach of the Bulldogs, Scott Sandlin. Good morning. Good morning, Bruce. It's been way too long. Uh, we tried to do this last week, but uh, I couldn't come to work. So it is what it is. We're here today. How has the preseason been going for you guys? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Long, uh, a little bit longer this year uh, from when school started to, you know, the October 7th date. Probably one added extra week than, than last year. Um, but uh, we'll get to our get through this week with our our four hours a week and then next week we get to start uh, with our normal which is great um and then get after it uh, on saturday against tech you've had a few years now with the four hours a week bit i know it's you've talked about maybe wanting a little more time is that still something you're you're talking with the rules people about as you guys go through your processes in the off season uh-huh. well i don't think we talked about it enough i'd like to add another like a one more week of you know, uh, it'd be nice that this week, a couple of weeks before you start playing, where you kind of get to your, you know, your normal twenty-hour week. Um, but we'll see if that happens. But at least we've got the week. It does help. It's better than doing the four hours a week right up until you play. So um, we'll see what develops there. Uh, as you guys look ahead here, and, and and you know, obviously last year was not up to your standard. As you began the process of looking ahead to 2023-24, what is that like for you guys as coaches? I, I know a lot of it's inward, but you know, you've, you're also looking at things you can do differently on the ice and, and ways that maybe this team can be improved. And how excited are you as you look ahead to the season based on the offseason that you've had? Um. Well, I think very. You know, I think every year is is exciting because there's a lot of a lot of optimism, right? Um, I know last year through our end of the year meetings with all of our players, uh, there was obviously disappointment. Uh, there was a lot of uh, you know older guys that you know weren't accustomed to that. Certainly, our new guys uh, went through that for the first time. So um, it was nice to see. I think that those younger players. Uh, shared in a lot of that disappointment because I think they knew that the expectations are high here and and we didn't really live up to them and I, and again I, I don't want to say that we were terrible I think there was uh, there were stretches where we were fine I think uh, you know I don't want to rehash everything but again I think it's such a fine line sometimes where winning and losing is is that in this league and in college hockey and there's there's some games and bounces that didn't go our way and you know maybe in the past we've gotten those and, and so um, it's not all gloom and doom I mean there's certainly consistency levels uh, which maybe I kind of expected going into the year with a lot of new players and uh, but you know going into the year and every year you know, you're, you're going to count on 
you're returning guys, your, your key guys, to, to be your best players, and, and that's no different this year. Talking to UMD men's hockey coach Scott Sandlin, we visited with Luke Lowheight, your captain, at Media Day a couple of weeks ago in St. Paul. I think we're going to play that conversation back on the radio later this week or on Monday, perhaps next week, as we get ready for the season. You know, as you look at your leadership group, and I'm not trying to, to compare to other leadership groups, but do you feel like you've got a, a, a leadership group that's got the room here, or, or do you have to play some games before you really know the answer to that? Um, I think it's in a I think it's in a good spot, Bruce. I think last spring was good. Um, I think uh, you know just having the guys together. I think uh, you know kind of being a little bit more motivated to have a good spring and summer. Um, so I think when our guys left here, I think the mindset was in a good spot. I think they've come back and, um, you know, with all those guys having been together a little bit uh, in the spring, I think that's helped. And, you know, I think, yes, do I, I think our leadership group's done a good job. I think they've been, they've been really good every day. I think they're setting a great example. Um, but, I was just talking to him yesterday. It's such a long month, and I can tell that, you know, we're getting to that point where they want to play. And, you know, so we're trying to do some things weekly that, you know, keep things a little bit fresh. Um, you know, we certainly haven't gone over everything. Uh, you know, today we'll probably get into some special team stuff um, just to, to touch on that and see what we got. And, you know, again, uh, there's a lot of things that you need to cover, but at the same time, I, I'd like their, their work ethic. I think they've, uh, you know, I've never really worried about that with groups. Uh, I think our groups always work hard. Now we're just trying to, you know, I think we get that part of it under you and that foundation. I think now it's, you know, trying to, to play the game with a little more composure, uh, a little more poise, and, and maybe a little less chaos. <laughs> and, you know, it's always going to be that way early in the year uh, until you kind of get some games and kind of get your, your feet under you with uh, with more games versus practices. But uh, I, I've liked what I've seen. We've had a couple guys dinged up, which hasn't helped. Um, nothing major. Um, but there's some, you know, there's a couple guys, one in particular that's kind of had a nagging thing that's kind of kept them out of most of September. But, you know, we're going to just deal with the guys that we have and, and I really liked uh, some of our younger players. You had to thrust a lot of young players. We talked about this throughout last season. You had to thrust a lot of young players into roles that maybe you wouldn't have normally had you know, one of the put guys in as freshmen, as 18-, 19-year-olds trying to play in this league. Do you start maybe this year to reap some of the benefit of that? Because you had some young guys that held up pretty well in those situations last year. Now they got that experience under their belt. Yeah, I, I, I hope it helps. You know, I hope it helps them and their confidence level too. Um, you know, for us, it was it was a good opportunity to, to see some guys in, in situations that maybe they wouldn't have seen as much of or any uh, based on kind of our lineup and the injuries that we had. So it was good to be able to put some guys in some situations and and see what they can do. Uh, now it's up to them to keep kind of building off that, and hopefully they can do that. Um, we, I still go back to our our seniors and our our, our fifth year guys, and and you know even even some of the underclassmen, um, you know that that are going to be counted on. You know they need to be they need to be our guys that are are good every day. There's some last year that didn't have the years that you know I think we all had hoped or expected, and, and there's hopefully a little redemption there for them to 
to do that this year by uh, by being more consistent and being our top guys. Visiting with UMD men's hockey coach Scott Sandlin. I think we talked about this a little bit in July when I had you on during kind of midsummer there, but uh, you've got two freshmen or two uh, two sophomores on this year's roster, Cole Spicer and Aiden Dubinsky, who are younger than your youngest freshman that came in this year, Matthew Perkins. Does that help? And as we look at the big picture of college hockey right now, there's no question the sport is older with the fifth years, and there are so many of them now than it's been at any other point in, in, in its history. History, really does it help to have that older group of freshmen coming in as opposed to a bunch of 18 year olds like you had last year uh you know you can look at age i mean you know i think it's just the the experience part right um you know some of the guys that are you know coming in this year have, have played uh you know a couple of years of junior hockey so that helps i mean certainly the maturity level is maybe a little bit different but you know, in some of the younger players that we had, uh, it, it is a big step, and we saw that with some of those guys and some of the inconsistencies. Um, it takes time. It, it takes time for for guys to to get comfortable. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, and we're still we're still kind of going through some of those. But um, I hope that those guys learned, you know, what it takes to play in the league, what it takes, what it takes to be in our program. And that uh, we will see some benefits of that this year. But uh, hopefully, like I said, uh, I'm going to count on the older guys to lead the way. And, and uh, I hope some of the sophomores that uh, got their feet wet last year can take a step. Um, and like I said, hopefully some of the freshmen that we have here, not many this year, um, can make an impact uh, as the year goes on. What have you seen so far from your transfers, Connor McMenamin up front and Luke Bass to the back end? Uh, it's they've been good, you know. I mean, you can tell Connor's played. Um, you can tell he's an older player. He brings a lot of maturity. He's got a mature game. Uh, he's been a good leader. Um, you know, he's kind of that Swiss Army knife for me a little bit. He could play in a lot of different spots up and down our lineup. He's been great uh, with who he's been with. It doesn't change his game. Uh, I'm looking for it because he can play in a lot of different situations for us. He can be. He can be a special team guy. Like I said, he can play, you know, the left wing or right wing, um, you know, if we need him to. But uh, he's been good. And then you can just tell that he's been around and, you know, he's very motivated to have a good year. Same with Luke. You know, Luke's not quite as old as as Connor, but, you know, he's played a couple of years. Uh, obviously comes from a good program that knows how to win, knows how to work hard. So I like that part of it. And, you know, he's going to get some opportunities here to, to play and, and grow his game, which uh, I think he's excited about and we're excited about. As you look ahead to this season, I've, I, I've had chats with a lot of people around the sport, and it, it, I, expectations are whatever on the outside. I understand that. But I've, I've heard the phrase Scott Sandal and team from a <laughs> lot of different people. When you hear that, when you hear Scott Sandal and team or, or Scott Sandal and hockey, what does that mean to you? Oh, well, that means we're obviously very competitive, hard to play against. Uh, we make things hard on teams, uh, which is kind of the focus uh, of this whole this whole September, um, trying to get that mindset. I, I think our mindset last year um, wasn't quite that consistently enough for me. Um, I think we need to play with more puck pressure. I think we need to play... Um, with more aggressiveness, 
you know, certainly we've got to be better defensively. Uh, we've got to score more goals. But I just think if we get those foundations of how we want to play and how we need to play, um, we can get that back to a more consistent level. A couple more here for the head coach. The seniors, the, the guys that are fourth-year seniors this year are the last group that will have the opportunity to use a fifth year. It's a, this is it for the, the COVID exception. will be coming to an end here. For you as a head coach, when I say that, what does it mean to you? Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know, we've been we've been pretty fortunate uh, that we've had some guys that have wanted to come back and we've been able to to make that work out. I mean, obviously last year was a little bit different. Um, you know, we we wanted to kind of turn over the roster a little bit cuz we really liked uh, the young players that we had, but uh, no, it's it's been great, you know, for me it's exciting that those guys want to come back. You know, you look at Luke this year, right? He knows where the Frozen Four is. He knows it's his last year. He wants to get our team back there as a captain. And I think a lot of guys share that same sentiment. So, um, no, it means a lot that those guys want to come back. And, and, and like I said, we've been very fortunate to be able to make that work financially and and with our lineup. And um, sometimes it's a little tricky because you don't know till the end um, what guys are exactly doing or thinking um, because they certainly do want to move on and play. But uh, we've been pretty lucky here over the last few years since this COVID to, to keep some really good players around and Hopefully we're going to benefit from that, uh, you know, in the next couple of years. I asked uh, the, the people on the Twitter machine for questions, and this is always a, a bit of an adventure, but I got a couple of good ones I wanted to ask you. I wanted to throw your way here. Uh, Mueller wants to know, how has NIL impacted uh, the ability to recruit relative to other schools? Is it a major factor in hockey, or is it still minor in hockey? Um, it's becoming a little bit more major, Bruce. Um it's not quite at the level, obviously, football and basketball or maybe some other sports, but it's creeping in. And I think, uh, you know, you start hearing some things. Uh, I mean, I heard that there was a player offered $100,000 to transfer to another school um, through NIL. We're, we're certainly not at that level, but hockey, that's, that's been kind of rare. But I do think it's growing, and I do think it's becoming a little bit more of a factor. And, and I think the schools, the bigger schools, the resource schools, so to speak, I have a little bit of an advantage there on some of the, the smaller schools or the mid-major schools. Uh, Dan wants to know, uh, he asked about future non-conference on the schedule or there's teams that you want to schedule, and I wanted to dovetail this into a, a separate topic. You've got a lot of options now with, with St. Thomas, with Augustana coming in, you know, Lindenwood going D1. You've got a lot of options kind of in this region, so to speak, to play non-conference. That said... It's still pretty important once in a while to play teams from out east, isn't it, from from a pairwise standpoint? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we're going to continue. I mean, I think you know me. I like I like those for, you know, for not only um, the games but just the the experiences, right? Um, obviously, we're going to go to Cornell this year. Uh, we're going to finish up uh, a long, outstanding. Uh, trip to Lowell that's been over six years I think oh my um, gosh it's been that long wow <laughs> you know um, and Norm's been pretty patient so we'll we'll, we'll go there in 24 25 but yeah I've had uh, in some discussions with like BC um, uh, New Hampshire's called but BC was was certainly one that uh, we haven't played for a while it would be kind of fun to it'd be kind of fun to go and play two different schools uh, like the old days maybe and then have them come to your barn kind of over a period of time but uh no, uh, talked with Augustana. Obviously, Rico. Uh, they're going to start a new building, so you know we're going to we're going to get those teams scheduled. 
Uh, had a conversation last week, and believe it or not, with Rick Zombo, my old teammate who's coaching Lyndon Wood. So we want to help those teams out too. And, um, and the one bucket list thing, I still want to go up to Fairbanks. I've never been up there, been to Anchorage. So uh, maybe it's something that we can do early in the year for good team bonding. So there are there are some options. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's good. I mean, if you look at our schedule this year, I think it's one of the hardest. Uh, based on who we're playing and where teams are in their leagues. But uh, we wouldn't want it any other way, right? We've had that for, for many years, and, and we're going to find out uh, strengths and weaknesses right off the bat. But we're looking we're looking at different schools down the road, and obviously we'll continue with, uh, with Minnesota. We've got that agreement here for the next uh, four or five years. Uh, obviously, you know, Tommy's been a good friend to me at Bemidji, and they're close, but uh, it is nice that we have different leagues. Um, so we're going to try and find some some different opponents. There'll be some common ones, but uh, I think it's good to mix it up. Finally, we'll close with a funny one. Johnny wants to know uh, how important are the eight games a year that aren't against St. Cloud State? Because it sure feels like we see them a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've had cycles with that, right? For a while, it seemed like Miami. We've had Denver. You know, it, it seemed like we played those teams a lot. Obviously, St. Cloud has been. Uh, uh, kind of ridiculous the, the last uh, two or three years but uh, all I know Bruce is we're moving hotels because I was sick of the place we're staying at so okay. uh, we go there and uh, we're going we're gonna to have a new venue so um, but yeah I mean it's it's always fun to play them they're a great team uh, it's great to see Lars and um, hopefully we don't see him seven eight nine times <laughs> we just see them the four times that uh, we have to play them. I will say this. I, 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 my, my ballot, I posted at the KDAL610.com before media day. I was very tempted to to bracket UMD and St. Cloud State for the first round of the playoffs again, but I decided not to tempt fate. <laughs> yeah, let's let's leave that one alone for a while, all right? Although at least it'd be our, it's got to be our turn to host it this time, right, if, if it is going to happen. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> being on the road so all right i'll i'll uh, see you later we'll uh, we'll talk again here very soon uh, best of luck as the season approaches next week and looking forward to it okay thanks bruce thank you head coach of the umd men's hockey team scott sandalin man oh man next saturday night seven o'clock right here on kdal bulldogs in michigan tech it's the u.s hockey hall of fame game from amsoil umdbulldogs.com's got your hookup Talk football head coach Kurt Weezy. We'll get him on here shortly. 10:30. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Golden Gopher football when we come back. During the month of September, the Gophers and Cub are teaming up for a program called Cub Kindness. This vendor-supported promotion helps to raise dollars for the Gopher Row the Boat Fund at Masonic Children's Hospital. Please consider donating at the register during this time. And while at Cub, pick up your favorite General Mills, Nestle, Kellogg's, and Unilever products. Cub, proud sponsor and official grocer of Gopher Athletics. Gopher head coach P.J. Flex says his team is ready to turn the page on last week's disappointing loss at Northwestern and look ahead to Saturday's homecoming contest against Louisiana. Homecoming, I think, is one of the, the greatest events of high school and college. It brings all the alumni back. Uh, it's a really exciting time. Uh, this is you know, part of what we always talk about with our culture is connecting the past, the present, and then into the future and being part of that bridge. And that's what we're here for. So um, it's going to be really exciting to get everybody back. 
I know our uh, marketing team has done a really good job uh, with providing just such a great day, game day environment for everybody. It should be a great day. Uh, and we got a really good opponent. An opponent who's beaten Power 5 teams in the past few years. They're playing at a really high level right now. They're a really good football team. Does a lot. Um, they got a really good running quarterback that also throws it really well. They got wideouts galore. They got a big offensive experience, uh, offensive line. Their defense plays anywhere from a you know a three-five-three to a three-three-five to a three-two-six to a four-down front. They mix it up and they got athletes everywhere. And they're really good. They're three and one, playing at a really high level. Probably should be four and zero. Oh. That's Golden Gopher head coach PJ Fleck. Saturday's game kicks off at 11 o'clock. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Your Twin Ports home for Gopher football. Zone touchdown. Golden Gophers. KDAL. We are running ridiculously behind, which is my fault completely. I had a lot of things that we wanted to talk about with the head coach. What are you going to do? Anyway, uh, UMD football head coach Kurt Weezy is joining us next. We talk Bulldog football after we hear from CBS News. It is 1035 on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. You don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1040. Tomorrow, UMD volleyball head coach Jim Booz. Bulldogs have... Games at home this weekend, including one Saturday against the number one team in the country, Wayne State, at Romano Gym. Also, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, and the author of Football is a Numbers Game. He tells the story of pro football focus and its rise to prominence as a thing. NFL teams are using this thing, man. It's uh, done been, It's been pretty incredible over the years. Uh, he wrote a whole book about it. We'll talk about the book. We'll talk about the Vikings and their 0-3 start with Matthew Collar on the radio show tomorrow joining us now head coach of the umv football team ranked 19th unbeaten at four and zero kurt wheezy good morning good morning bruce how are you doing i'm good how are you doing good excellent i talked to jeff yesterday jeff papis uh, the voice of the bulldogs and i asked him this question i'll ask you and get your perspective on it as the head coach so you're going into this game in marshall and the weather forecast is to say the very least ominous there was a threat of severe weather you you have to go in not knowing you know it, not only is it going to possibly rain you know wet tracks slick footballs that whole bit but you may also have stops and starts to this game if there's lightning. How do you address that with the team? It's one thing with rain, but then you throw in the stops and starts. That can make everything really weird. Yeah, probably. I mean, we, we had talked about just wind condition game plan as far as throwing the football and some of our special teams as far as their punt unit and kicking the ball off and how to attack them. You know, you're you're usually going to set up your, your punt return team or your punt block team regardless or, or depending on what the wind you know is is doing but as far as like stoppages and things like that you really don't have a plan for it because you don't know how long it's going to be as far as getting your guys in the locker room and warming up and things like that so that stuff we don't really plan for to be honest with you we we played by ear and whatever is thrown at us we get thrown at us and come up with a game plan on the run it's just like the rest of us then we just got to wait and see what happens <laughs> Wait and see what happens. That's all you can do. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of planning for something that we have no idea what's going on for. So we'll we'll deal with that when it comes. I suppose you have enough to plan for, right? You don't need to worry about things that might happen. That's exactly right, and especially something that we can't control. So is it a coincidence that 
On Sunday, September 17th, whatever it was, the Green Bay Packers started the Week 2 game with a flea, fi- a flea flicker, and then the following Saturday, you guys start the game with a flea flicker? That That's just a coincidence? You know, that's funny. I've, I've had that question a couple times. <laughs> um, we had that dialed up already, and then Coach Vogler came into my office and said, oh, my God, the Packers just opened up with a flea flicker. So <laughs> we had that planned and ready to go. <laughs> so that wasn't a coincidence. It it did just happen, and, and we had that plan going into the game, and we knew we were going to get some aggressive safeties. We're we're really good at running the football right now, and teams are playing nine guys in the box and stopping the run, and we wanted to open the game up with a little bit of a spark and made a play to, to get us a little bit of field position early on. You ended up getting that play but having to settle for a field goal. You then recover an onside kick. You pop one on them on that ensuing kickoff. You recover that, but you have to settle for a field goal. You get a turnover and have end up getting stopped on fourth down. So you're up 6 nothing in a game that you've really dominated. You had to feel good about the start your defense got off to, but they only had one possession on the field. What were your thoughts at that point? Because the offense missed a couple opportunities there. Yeah, we sputtered a little bit, which we haven't done yet this year. So that was a, a little bit of a learning curve for us. And Southwest came out and they played us in a little bit different look than we had had anticipated. Um, and we got off schedule with, I believe we had a holding call and in the red zone there. And then all of a sudden we're backed up. And when you get off schedule, that's not our ball game. You know, we're not a drop back, throw it 30, 40 times a game offense right now. Kyle is, is really good at running the ball and, and dissecting defenses, but dropping back and, and pushing the ball downfield is not our deal. So we got to make sure we stay in schedule. Southwest State did a good job, I think, all game, to be honest, uh, getting us off schedule at, at times in the red zone and, and forcing field goals. Fortunately, our kicker had a really good day. Watching the game, the video stream, and it can always be very uh, dangerous to, to judge a lot of things based off of that when you're not there and you don't get to see everything happening. But watching Kyle Wall Jasper here, it feels like there's not a lot of panic to his game. It, for for a guy that hasn't been doing this all that long, he seems really poised back there. Yeah, I, I think you can take game out of that statement. There's not a lot of panic in Kyle. He's just he's a very subdued, laid back individual. Um, he's intense as far as his game planning. He's he's prepared. He works hard at it. Um, he thinks about everything that he's doing and everything that we're going to do heading into the game week and. He has a, a very strict um, way that he that he prepares each week, um, but part of his his calmness and calm calming effect on the field, I think, is his preparation. He's he does a good job of that, and that's part of the reason he was voted a captain as a sophomore. Um, is he has a calming effect in our huddle? I think he the way he plays is aggressive as a quarterback, um, and his demeanor is probably the opposite of that. So I, the guys have, have followed him in, in a really good way. Talking to UMD football coach Kurt Weezy, opening night against Northern Michigan, I was trying to catch some fish. I was on vacation, and, and the fish were dodging me very successfully, but I was enjoying the time on the lake and I, dipping in and out of the game. And, and it felt like every time I dipped into the first half, Kyle was making a big throw, a, a big play with his arm. It was nice to see that. And I made the joke on, on Twitter it's kind of like watching Happy Gilmore, that scene in the Tour Championship where he looks at Shooter and says, Happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. How how much advancement have you seen, how much improvement have you seen in the throwing game of Kyle Wall Jasper over the first four weeks of the season? Quite a bit. You know, he's in, and that, that started with the offseason. I think Kyle worked on it really hard this offseason, but our receiving core has done a good job. Sam Pitts has been a good target for him, but 
Kyle's progression uh, as a QB, just learning the game, learning our offense, and, and we got a, a unbelievably complex offense to learn as far as the schematics of just our run game. And then on top of that is dissecting coverages and you know receivers breaking off routes and everything else. So it, it takes time, and it, it took him a little bit of time. Last year I think he was – he wasn't overwhelmed, but we we tried to water down what we were giving him. This year, we've thrown the playbook at him, and he's handled it really well. So he's he's continuing to get better and better. He's he's his own worst enemy sometimes, as far as in the film room on Sundays. He's hard on himself and has a really high expectation. And um, you know that's a that's a good thing in a player and a really good thing in a quarterback that. He can be hard on himself and understands what he needs to work on. We all knew Sam Pitts had a chance to have a big year. What have you seen from him for the first four games? And it seems like the trust between him and Kyle is off the charts. Yeah, Sam. Sam just physically, uh, you know, he's a six-six target that can go get the football. He runs well. Um, his his progression's been phenomenal, and and part of that is, you know, we we made him a focal point of our offense this fall, knowing that we had lost Zach Ogile, we had lost Curtis Wagon, we had lost some bigger bodies that we could target the football to, and we needed Sam to step up. But he also has the ability to do that. So we're using him all over the field right now, outside, inside, off the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's been good on the line of scrimmage as far as run blocking. So Sam's had a, had a productive fall for us, and we're going to need to continue to use him as we – head into games like Winona State. A couple more here for UMV football coach Kurt Weezy. We haven't even touched on your defense, which pitched a shutout on Saturday, forced a bunch of turnovers. It, it got off the field in some big situations. How good was your defense? And we talked about the offense maybe not being at its sharpest. Your defense was. They were, uh, and, and we challenged them. You know, they, they was heading into week four. We knew coming into fall camp that we were talented defensively. The first three weeks, um, you know, we we had some miscommunication. We had some missed tackles. We probably broke some plays that we didn't necessarily need to break as a defensive unit and challenged those guys a little bit last week. I think Coach Dill has done a very good job scheming up teams, but you can only put guys in position so much. At some point, they got to make plays, and Saturday they made plays. We, we shut down Southwest State. We really didn't give them any error, any opportunity to, to move the ball, really pass the 50 into the red zone and give give them opportunity to get back in that football game and our defense played well um you know we got we got a tight-knit group right now i was a little worried coming into fall camp just because we have some new guys we have some some transfer guys and making sure that everybody is cohesive that was a, a main focus of of our team and our guys have stuck together they've played well uh we haven't had any you know, division, and usually with 100 guys on the roster, and you know, you got 89 of them standing on the sidelines watching at any given time. It's tough. Uh, it is. So you got to keep guys focused, and you got to be happy for the guys that are on the field. And when you're given an opportunity to step up and play, it do that. And, and defensively, we have really done that this fall. One more here for the head coach as we prepare for homecoming this weekend. And this is at Ohio State getting Akron for homecoming. Uh, this is a really good Winona State team you've got Saturday afternoon. Your thoughts on, on the Warriors and some challenges you'll, get, you'll, challenges you'll get from them. you got about a minute. Yeah, they come in come in at 2-2, two and two, but they, they lost on the road to start the season against Saginaw uh, Valley State, who's a, a really good football team. Um, they got beat by Bemidji, who's a really good football team. They're hard-nosed. They're well-coached. they got a relatively new staff. We expect a, a very good game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Bulldogs and Winona State. Noon kickoff at Miloski. Coverage 1130 with Jeff and Greg here on KDAL. Best of luck this weekend. We'll talk soon.
Thank you. Appreciate you as always. Head coach of the UMV football team is Kurt Weezy. It is homecoming week. UMVBulldogs.com. You like more details? Hall of Fame, of course, Friday night. Looking forward to that. Russ Robbie, Bulldog football legend, goes into the UMV Athletic Hall of Fame Friday night. Part of the class of 10 for 2023. And then the football game Saturday afternoon against Winona State at Miloski Stadium. It was like a gorgeous Saturday for homecoming football. 10.50, wrap things up in a moment on this Tuesday morning. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. 10.59. Busy show again tomorrow. UMV volleyball head coach Jim Booz off a weekend split that saw UMV drop a couple of spots in the coaches poll down to 10th. Home again this weekend, Augustana Friday. Number one Wayne State Saturday at Romano Gym. Looking forward to that conversation tomorrow. Get an update on the Bulldog volleyball team. And also here tomorrow from Matthew Collar, Purple Insider on the Vikings and his new book. Brad's up next. Have a great day. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W280, FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Delusive Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.